Thanks for joining us. Coming up tonight, the Fed raises interest rates at its highly anticipated meeting today. But Fed Chair Jerome Powell indicates a possible pause. We no longer state that we anticipate that ongoing rate increases will be appropriate to quell inflation. Why the change in tone and what do the recent bank failures have to do with it? One commodity will rise 20% this year, according to an investor we spoke to. What is it and why? Will TikTok be fully banned in the U.S.? TikTok's CEO will fight for his company's survival tomorrow as he, as he testifies before Congress. Key to his defense is Project Texas. We take a closer look. A new study finds some jobs to be at high risk from AI. Stay tuned for which wage class and which types of jobs are more at risk. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Good to have you with us. Don Ma here. Wall Street ended sharply lower today after the Fed hiked rates. More on that in just a moment. The Dow fell 530 points, or 1.6%. S&P lost 66 points, or 1.7%. And the Nasdaq dropped 190 points, or 1.6%. The Federal Reserve delivers a 25 basis point interest rate increase today. Now, the conference today was highly anticipated. First and foremost, in his speech, Fed Chair Jerome Powell said the U.S. banking sector is sound and resilient. But Powell took a softer tone in his language today in terms of rate hikes. He possibly indicated a change from his previous rhetoric of higher rates and for longer. We believe, however, that events in the banking system over the past two weeks are likely to result in tighter credit conditions for households and businesses, which would in turn affect economic outcomes. As a result, we no longer state that we anticipate that ongoing rate increases will be appropriate to quell inflation. The Fed also projects that the unemployment rate will rise to 4.6% at the end of next year. That's over 100 basis points higher than it is now. The Federal Reserve estimated that inflation will come down to 2.1% by 2025, two years from now. We're at 6% CPI inflation currently. Joining me now is Nathan Lewis, principal at Kiku Capital Advisors. Now, let me just get your quick thoughts. What's your initial reaction to the Fed raising interest rates by 25 basis points? Well, it definitely is following through with the playbook they've kind of announced for a while. It's actually in line with expectations at the at the last Fed meeting. Um, and I think they're saying that uh, they're, they're trying not to spook anybody with, uh, with anything surprising. Um, it, the market took it as being pretty, uh, I guess, easy, you would say. Um, and I think the reason, even though even though it was a tightening of the interest rate target and also a continuation of the quantitative tightening uh, asset selling program that they ha- they've had for for quite a while now, and and I think the reason that the market took it as being a somewhat easy stance is that uh, last week we we had quite a lot of expansion, the opposite of quantitative tightening, uh, on the Fed's balance sheet from discount lending to troubled banks. So in effect, it kind of sounds to me like they're uh, given the green light for that. And I think uh, the market took that as, as maybe being a pattern going forward. The, the banking turmoil that we experienced recently, do you think that will have a downward pressure on inflation as in it's sort of doing the Fed's job for them? Yes, not so much has happened yet, uh, um, but I think there probably will be more uh, issues in the banking sector, maybe coming from Europe primarily. I don't think Credit Suisse is going to be the only bank uh, that might run into uh, difficulties, Deutsche Bank's been on the list for a long time. 
And uh, and there has been, whether or not a bank goes has trouble, uh, I think a big pullback in uh, bank lending, uh, increase in credit standards. Banks are becoming a lot more cautious. And that is going to have uh, some damping effect for business in general. Um, companies going to be have to be a lot more careful. And so that will, I would say, produce the the economic slower economy uh, that Powell has apparently been aiming for uh, for a while now. So Fed projections for unemployment this year is at 4.5 percent. In your view, does inflation only come down when infl- uh, when unemployment goes up? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, that's a very good question. And, and we came out with a book, Inflation with Steve Forbes and Elizabeth Ames last year to kind of to kind of dis, uh, uh, do away with that notion, this kind of Phillips curve notion. Uh, I disagree with it entirely. Um, what you want is, first of all, stable monetary value. And the Fed has actually kind of accomplished this. Uh, we don't have the gold standard anymore, but we have kind of had sort of like a gold standard for a couple for a number of years now. Gold, you know, the dollar has been worth roughly eighteen hundred dollars per ounce of gold. A little higher than that now. Uh, since mid twenty twenty, uh, that is really what you want to see uh, in terms of inflation. And once you have that, what you want is the hottest, greatest, most fantastic economy you can get, including possibly very low unemployment uh, and dramatically rising wages. Uh, so that's really the the uh, the golden age we're looking for, and unfortunately, uh, you know, this whole framework that Powell and others have gotten into, where uh, we have to fight inflation with unemployment, uh, is to me completely mistaken. All right, thanks for coming on today, Nathan. Good to talk to you. Great, thanks. And by the way, earlier today we asked Google's AI chatbot Bard how much the Fed will hike rates today. Here's a screenshot. Now, it correctly answered that the Fed is expected to raise rates by a quarter percentage point, but it also said this would be the Fed's, quote, first hike since 2018, which obviously is incorrect. The Fed has been raising rates since March 2022. So don't trust everything chatbots say, at least just yet. Now, amid an uncertain economic outlook, are there any safe places to put your money? We try to find out today where gold futures are headed this year. Joining me is Brian London, editor of Gold Newsletter, CEO of the New Orleans Investment Conference. Now, Brian, let me get uh, get your thoughts on how gold has has been moving recently in terms uh, in in relation to the recent market volatility. Uh, how has uh, gold moved in relation to that? Well, gold's re- regained its historic role as a safe haven during this emerging banking crisis. And, and that's good because it adds yet another reason, and as I uh, alluded to, an age-old reason for gold to move higher. Gold uh, is outperforming stocks, equities, and just about every other investment class because people are worried about the future of the banking system, the financial system, and this is precisely the kind of long-term uh, monetarily based worries that can propel gold on a uh, an extended bull run. So I'm very hopeful for that. The other thing is that the markets are kind of expecting the Fed to pause, maybe one more quarter point hike uh, today at their 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 meeting, and, and but then to kind of signal that they'll be done for a while. 
uh, a pause in the rate hikes will be bullish not only for equities and bonds, but it'll also be very bullish for gold. So gold really has two paths to higher levels here. So it's in, in a really good place. Is gold about more preserving value or is it about making money or is it a bit, a bit of both? It is a bit of both. It is preserving value. And, you know, I tell people when they're getting trying to get involved in the sector and they're new to the sector, I tell them there are two reasons to buy gold as insurance and as an investment. As insurance, you're insuring against something that you know will happen. Uh, and that's the depreciation of your home currency, uh, often and typically the, the U.S. dollar. Uh, that's not a, a possibility like your home insurance. You buy home insurance because uh, not because you think your house is going to catch on fire, but you think it might. You buy gold as wealth insurance because you know that the dollar or whatever your home currency may be is going to depreciate in value and going to be worth substantially less in three, five, ten years down the road. So that's the insurance component. When you look at the macroeconomic picture and you think it's conducive to much higher gold prices, as I believe it is right now, then you look at gold as an investment, as a way to leverage that macro trend. And there are a lot of ways to do that, whether owning physical bullion, whether owning the, the uh, paper representations like the, the ETFs and, and uh, physical bullion trusts or futures and options or mining stocks. There's a, a wide spectrum of investments available to leverage higher gold prices and rising gold and silver prices. And uh, just one final thought from you. Uh, what's your outlook for, for gold in, in the long term? Because uh, inflation will come down eventually if we believe the Fed. It'll come down to 2%. Um, so after that, you know, long term, what are your, what's your outlook? Well, I, I don't believe gold will uh, or the inflation will, will fall down to 2%. I think it will remain uh, persistently high, stubbornly higher in the 4 to 5 perhaps even 6% range over the long term. It's kind of structurally embedded right now, and there's been so much easy money over the last 14 years that uh, uh, it, it really is something that, that we're just starting to see the, uh, the repercussions and the implications of, of that monetary policy. So I don't think inflation is going to come down to 2%. And my long-term view for, uh, for gold is very positive. I think we've entered into a multi-year secular bull market, kind of like what we saw in the early 2000s. Over the next three, five, or even longer, years. We will, uh, I believe, see record highs in gold. Um, I think we have a shot of going up about 20 percent this year, which would imply a, a gold price around $2,300. And in that kind of environment, either this year or over the next few years, uh, select mining stocks and other leveraged gold investments have the, uh, the ability or the potential to go up many times in value. So I think it's a, a great opportunity for investors to get involved. But it, importantly, uh, they need to educate themselves and, uh, and learn about the sector and not just invest kind of willy-nilly. Wow, 2300 maybe, maybe I should have more exposure to gold. But anyways, Brian, thank you so much today. It was a pleasure talking to you. A great pleasure talking to you. Thanks for the opportunity. Another U.S. bank trying to calm investor worries. Pacific Western Bank today said it's raised $1.4 billion from investment firm Atlas Partners and that deposits have stabilized. It tapped credit lines after deposits at the bank fell 20 percent this year. Last week, PacWest was reportedly in talks with investment firms to boost liquidity. The bank says FDIC-insured deposits make up more than 65% of its total deposits. Shares of the bank fell 17% today. 
Two senators on opposite sides of the aisle have joined forces to crack down on the Federal Reserve. Republican Rick Scott and Democrat Elizabeth Warren today unveiled a Fed oversight bill. They want tighter bank supervision after the recent bank collapses. Here's Scott today on the Brian Rust Show podcast. You know, the Federal Reserve is one of the few federal agencies. Oh, they get to pick their own internal auditor, their inspector general. So what do you think? Do you think you're going to get, you're going to get people who are really going to go do a real good review? I doubt. So I want, to, I want to have an independent inspector general, and I want to know who's going to be held accountable for these failures. The two senators blamed the bank collapses on regulatory failures. Right now, the Fed has an internal watchdog to report to the Fed board. But the new bill would set up an independent watchdog. The president would appoint someone, and the Senate would confirm that individual as the Fed's inspector general. That's how it's done at other top agencies. Warren said the banking crisis shows urgent need for an independent watchdog to hold Fed officials accountable for any lapses or wrongdoing. Both Democrats and Republicans have pledged tighter oversight of banking banking regulators. An update on the potential indictment against former President Trump. A decision is delayed again. The Manhattan grand jury did not meet today, according to local media reports. They had been expected to meet and possibly consider an indictment against Trump. It's for his alleged role in payments made to adult film star Stormy Daniels. Instead, local media reports the Manhattan district attorney told the grand jury to be on standby for tomorrow. Meanwhile, Trump suggests the DA is trying to find another witness before bringing charges against him. A decision on charges is expected any day. Trump denies the affair and all wrongdoing. And which jobs do you think artificial intelligence will impact the most? Researchers say certain white-collar workers are most likely to be affected by AI. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. White-collar workers making 80 grand a year are most at risk of having their jobs impacted by artificial intelligence. According to researchers from OpenAI and the University of Pennsylvania, they say approximately 19% of jobs have at least 50% of their tasks exposed to GPT's capabilities. And jobs that require writing and programming are what ChatGPT does best. Tech professional Anthony Clemens does think there will be a reduction in jobs, but he also says that AI will create new types of jobs. So while some jobs might go away, they'll be replaced with other higher tier, higher order thinking skill jobs where it requires you to understand how to access and leverage information. But it will also uh, change the expectations that employers have for how people are accessing and leveraging information. The researchers found 15 occupations with tasks fully exposed to the risk from AI. Some were mathematicians, tax preparers, financial quantitative analysts, writers and authors, and web and digital interface designers. Clemens' other line of work is already using AI tech. I'm also a full-time employee of uh, a a Fortune 500 defense contracting firm. And uh, we are already beginning to leverage it to take notes, compile highlights, to uh, offer it to our customers as a service capability. Researchers also found that widespread adoption of AI has possibly been overstated to the public, such as for legal professionals who need trusted research, automating background research could make decision-making more time-consuming or could create bottlenecks like longer wait times for court cases. 
There is a long list of occupations without any exposed tasks, but an OpenAI worker notes that this does not take into account that machinery could also be operated by AI. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Our special report on TikTok's data security today. The big TikTok hearing is tomorrow. TikTok's CEO will testify before the House Energy and Commerce Committee where he will address concerns whether China is stealing data from Americans. This is happening as more and more governments ban TikTok. TikTok is a popular social media app where people can create and watch short videos. But the app was made by a Chinese company called ByteDance. Many are concerned the Chinese communist regime is using TikTok to spy and steal data. Over a dozen countries have banned TikTok either fully or partially. In the United States, we have a partial ban, but it's considering a full one. TikTok's CEO posted a video on TikTok addressing the situation. And I'm so thankful to all of you and the 7,000 TikTok employees in the U.S. who are helping us build this incredible community in America and around the world. Now, this comes at a pivotal moment for us. Some politicians have started talking about banning TikTok. Now, this could take TikTok away from all 150 million of you. I'll be testifying before Congress later this week to share all that we're doing to protect Americans using the app and deliver on our mission to inspire creativity and to bring joy. Key to the CEO's defense is what he calls Project Texas. According to him, this is a $1.5 billion plan to safeguard U.S. data and national security. It's called Project Texas because TikTok has let Oracle store all the U.S. user data and Oracle is based in Texas. A key part of Project Texas is the subsidiary TikTok has created called TikTok U.S. Data Security Inc. or USDS for short. Supposedly, only USDS has access and control over U.S. user data. The TikTok CEO says that with USDS, there is no way for Beijing to access user data or compel access for it. But is that really the case? Are all of America's national security concerns now satisfied because the TikTok subsidiary is watching over America's private data? Well, cybersecurity expert Scott Schober doesn't think so. How many employees does it take if you have an insider threat and, and one corrupt employee to share information to another country or another government agency. It's not that difficult to do. And it's hard to police and protect it and stop it every single way when you've got a potential for somebody to just perform a leak. So to, to say it's guaranteed safe and just kind of walk away from it, I don't think that's realistic. Schober says nothing these days is 100% safe anymore. Even confidential U.S. government data has been breached. Another cybersecurity expert we talked to, Brian Horning, seems to agree with that. Horning has helped businesses deal with hundreds of hacks and even hackers from China. Is the data safe? You know, is anybody's data safe at this point? Um, you know, we're dealing with hacks all the time, all around the world. And, you know, we just heard of, um, you know, the Chinese uh, being accused of being one of the most prolific ransomware groups that are out there. Horning also says one way data could still be given to China is through backups. He says that all the data on the Oracle servers are being backed up. That data has to be moved somewhere else. Um, you know, that the question becomes is who is responsible for that? Who's involved with that? Where is it going? To what company? Is it a third-party company? Which it should be if you have a, a resilient plan in place. You're not putting these things, in, in, you know, in the same, you're not putting all your eggs in the same basket. 
Both Brian Horning and Scott Schober believe TikTok could very likely be fully banned. So the question is, will Congress ban TikTok or will TikTok survive? Check out our coverage of tomorrow's TikTok hearing for more clues. Meanwhile, a lesser-known app also owned by ByteDance is gaining popularity. The app is called CapCut. This free video editing tool simplifies making content and memes for social media, offering templates, filters, and visual and audio effects. Users say the polished videos it creates are more likely to go viral on platforms. That's like TikTok, Meta, Instagram, and YouTube. And that popularity does show. CapCut is boasting more downloads in recent weeks than TikTok and more than 200 million monthly active users. CapCut says it stores data in the U.S. and Singapore the same as TikTok claims to do. Taking a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, more deaths linked to an eyedrop recall. The CDC says dozens of patients have been infected. And wondering if investing in your 401k is smart right now, we have tips from a financial planner. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. The CDC says two more deaths have been linked to a rare bacteria found in recalled eye drops. It brings the total number of deaths to three. There have also been cases of vision loss and, in extreme cases, surgical removal of eyes. Global Pharma Healthcare's product called Artificial Tears Lubricant Eye Drops were first recalled in February. The rare strain of drug-resistant bacteria found in the drops had never been before reported in the U.S. The CDC says at least 68 patients in 16 states have been infected. Most patients affected reported using the product called Artificial Tears, and some reported using different brands. The Supreme Court is hearing arguments from whiskey maker Jack Daniels and a dog toy company. Jack Daniels argues the toy company violated federal trademark law with a product that parodies the distiller's bottle. The words Old Number 7 brand and Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey are recognized around the world. VIP Products' Bad Spaniel's Dog Toy parodies this brand. The court will have to decide whether the toy maker infringed on Jack Daniels' trademarks. Jack Daniels' attorney Lisa Blatt says the distillery welcomes jokes at its expense, but she argues that the Bad Spaniel's Dog Toy capitalizes on the Jack Daniels' brand, and it could confuse consumers into thinking the chew toy belongs to the distillery. Have you been looking at your investments and retirement accounts with a closer eye? Are those balances not where you want them to be, thinking about moving away from your employer-sponsored 401k plans? In this next story, we hear from an expert who says not so fast. No one likes a stock market on the downturn, and in today's bear market, the idea of investing might not put a smile on your face. But what should you do if you're already participating in a 401k plan at work? 401k is an 
an account type, not an investment strategy. Isabel Barrow, director of financial planning at Edelman Financial Engines, says it's a no-brainer when deciding whether or not to participate in your employer-sponsored retirement plans because of all the benefits. Barrow says how you look at your 401k, especially in low-performing markets like this one, depends on how soon you're wanting to retire. For those closer to retirement, pay close attention. A down market has more of an impact on your ability to retire with the amount of money you were counting on. And for younger employees, play the long game. Don't get spooked. It's the further away you are from retirement or from needing that money, the less impact these types of market dips or market downturns have on your long term. And for that group, Barrow says this down market is actually a great time to increase your contributions and invest more not pull back. Buying into a market like this and getting a tax break for it and maybe even getting an employer match, well, it's kind of like buying the sweater on sale. Um, and at some point, if the sweater goes back up to $10, you know, hey, look, you've just made $2 by just putting in, you know, by just making that initial contribution. And that's all today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.